Welcome back to Teacher's Talk Film, episode 38. I'm Pete Ray, here with my good friend, fellow teacher, Mitchell Main. Um, and the the Denver Nuggets are world champions. We are world champions, baby. Um, I think I'm still recovering from Tuesday night. What was it? Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Whatever night, man, it's it's all a blur. I, I think I blacked out, honestly, just from sheer excitement. Um, you were watching with me. You were you were in the building with me, um, watching my reaction. Um, how would you describe that moment from your um, perspective? Well, I don't think you sat down the entire fourth quarter, stood <laughs> stood right in front of the TV like a little kid would. Um there was anxiety. There was, I think, maybe a little fear for a second. There was anger. There was um, just euphoria, I guess is the best word, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 was, it was quite a sight to see. Um, <laughs> but I think anyone who's a fan of any sports team like just completely understands that you, you may only get one of these in your entire life. So it, you, you just got to enjoy it while, while it happens. It was, it, it was, it was awesome to watch. Shelby was like, when you left, Shelby was like, you probably freaked Pete out. He probably doesn't want to be your friend anymore. And I was like, no, I think Pete gets it. Yeah. I, when, <laughs> when Ohio state won the national championship, um, I mean, I could have died right there. Like, it's just all I needed to see in my life. And mm-hmm. I, I was just, uh, it was one of the happiest moments of my life, as I'm sure Monday was for you. Oh, man. Yeah, I kind of blacked out. Like, I remember just being on my knees as the clock <laughs> hit zero. I think I, I think I might have cried a little bit. I, I there. There were tears. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to. I wanted to kind of let you handle that, but yeah, there were tears as well. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with admitting it. You know, we've been waiting forever, man. This is our time. Like I was saying on Monday, they weren't with us shooting in the gym. They weren't there during the Alonzo G, uh, JJ Hickson, Randy Foy days, the Brian Shaw head coach days. I've been through it, man. I've been through it with this team. And I just couldn't be more emphatic, ecstatic. You said euphoria. That's just, that's the best way to describe it. It was, it was incredible. And I still am like on social medias and I see the pictures and stuff and I still don't believe it, but you know, it it happened. My championship hoodie is going to come in within a month. I'll probably wear that for the rest of my life, you know? got the hat on with the patch we're here baby we are world champs we're world champs i was gonna mention the fact that literally the second they went to commercial and they always play the commercial of like your team just won the won the title like by the immediately like the laptop was on your lap you were like okay what are we getting it was (laughs) almost like you you wanted the merch more than than the win but no i was just prepared yeah I, I had the laptop there just in case. 
No, I, I still have the flag from when Ohio State won the national championship hanging in my room, and it happened in 2015. So, it, and that's it, never lasts that forever. Well. Yeah, yeah, it lasts forever. Yeah, you get it. I was, I honestly, I, I had no doubt that we, that we were weren't going to win yeah. that game. Yeah, until like the last, once the refs called a foul on Aaron Gordon for just existing. <laughs> at that Jimmy Butler three. It was once you you started chirping Jimmy Butler a little bit, then he hit like <laughs> 13 straight points. That yeah, on he you. only had like 14 points at the time. And I was saying overrated. And then he had like 10 straight. And I was like, do not do this to me right now. And it almost happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I just want to say congratulations. Um Thank you. I don't Thank know you. if we have any any listeners in the audience of none that are Nuggets fans, but congratulations as well. Um, no, we got a few. We got a few. Well, congratulations. I, I'm happy for you guys. As a as a LeBron only fan, um, <laughs> I, I'm just I, wait. I LeBron has an OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much would you pay for that? Um, Pictures of him in like his bathtub reading a book. Yeah, the first page. Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just just happy for you, my man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it, it's 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 I can't put it into words, honestly, and I'm not gonna try to on this pod because we could talk about it the whole time. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I'm okay with moving on. I appreciate the thanks. We're world champions, and I can. I can finally say, like Jokic said, the job is done. We can go home now. Yes. You know, we yes. can do this. We, and then we're going to run it back next year. Um, we have the the four, the main core. I hope Bruce Brown stays. I know he's going to want want some cash, um, but I hope he stays. Um, and let's run this back. Why not? I mean, who, who's going to stop us? You know, the offseason's always crazy. We'll see some crazy trade. Um, we'll see where Kyrie ends up and though that's not going to play any role in stopping the Nuggets it, we'll, we'll see what happens I think we're the team to beat though now that's going to be different because we were always the underdogs and so now we're kind of the target so I, it'll be interesting to see how we, we react um, you mentioned the offseason which is something I want to talk about because it's currently our offseason right now it is. Uh, you texted me that you woke up at 11.05 today yeah, let me clarify. <laughs> I watched this movie that we're going to talk about today. Uh, it ended at one thirty this morning. Uh, woke up off and on from like six fifteen to like ten thirty. I was scrolling TikTok, scrolling Twitter at Teacher Film Talk, um, and just forced myself to go back to sleep because I was like, I can't even keep my eyes open. I'm still so tired, and then. Uh, like an hour or so later, I wake up and it's 11 o'clock. But yes, yes, I stumbled out of bed at 11.05 and there's no shame. No, there is no shame. And I was going to admit, um, I feel like I found a great summer balance. I always, you got to worry about that as a teacher of like, you know, you could spend two and a half straight months doing absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And yesterday I did that. I did not even get dressed yesterday. Uh, I did not leave my house. I did not see the sun. Um, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was exactly. amazing. Um, now, obviously, you can't do that every day, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to uh, highlight just how great that is. Yeah, I think like the way my day starts, like that first hour of my day dictates the rest of my day. Um, yeah. like usually I'll wake up at a fairly reasonable time. Like I'll get out of bed around eight, maybe do my exercises, go for a run. And then when I'm done with that, like I'll do other things, like maybe some schoolwork, little house stuff. And like that sets up itself for like a somewhat productive day, like a productive day for the summer. Obviously it doesn't compare to in season since we're sticking with that analogy. Um, today though, I would just woke up and I had plans to run. I've run the past two days, but I woke up today and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it today. So I'm taking the day off, relaxing, hit it hard tomorrow. That's what summer is. It's balance, baby. It's days off from your days off. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, talking about not the off season, uh, I keep seeing this thing on TikTok. Uh, again, teachers talk film on TikTok. Um, basically, it's a uh, it's an offshoot of Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, because in that movie, if you haven't listened to our bonus episode, go listen to it. Uh, it's only yeah, like yeah. twenty minutes long. Um, they like obviously in in that movie they talk about your canon events. These events that like you you can't escape from that are you I guess kind of negative. I mean it's like spoiler alert your dad dying. Um, but I was thinking you know teachers very much have canon events. We have these events that shape us into who we are, and it's and it kind of seems almost like Spider Man that every teacher must go through these things. So I just, I just want to know what, what do you think these important canon events are for, for teachers? It's kind of nice to think about these in the summer where we're not, we're not in it. Mm -hmm. We're not dealing with these. Well, how many are you asking for? Cause I, cause I could give you three, I could give you 3 million. I, I agree. Um, well, we could start with three. We'll see how much we talk about them. It might ju we might just start oversharing, and uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Might not even be able to just release this episode. <laughs> <laughs> just sharing too much. Well, I'll go first. Um, and it's probably one of the first canon events in your career, um, and that is being mistaken for a student. Mm, yeah. I was my first year of teaching. Um, I taught where I went to high school, and we we actually have us we have a subway in our school. What? Um, yeah, there's a subway in the school, which was awesome. Um, what? And so I was I was just ordering my sub, you know, um, oven. Oh oven, my god! I thought you chicken. I thought you meant a like a a transportation vehicle subway. I was no, like, no dog. The the food in something restaurant. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was blown away. Okay, no. I'm stupid. Yeah, that, that's not a not a shining moment for you. Um, that's oh my okay. goodness! Yeah, a subway, the restaurant. Um, I was ordering my sub, and I went to check out, and the girl goes, "Do you have your student ID card, or what's your student ID number?" 
And I was like, oh, no, I'm a teacher. And she thought I was joking. She was like, ah, ha, ha. And I like, I was like, no, really. And like, I had to flash her my little lanyard with my badge on it. And she was like, I am so sorry. I was like, it's okay. This is like my third week here. Um, <laughs> it was kind of humbling because like when you're first joining the profession, you, you know, you feel kind of high and mighty. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm teaching now. Um, like you've stepped up a rung in the ladder, if you will. That, that knocked me down a few pegs, but we all go through it. We all go through it. Yeah. I, right after student teaching was over, I immediately like quit shaving and grew out my beard. Cause I was like, I'm tired of, <laughs> tired of, tired of the baby face, tired of looking like a kid. Um, and then like the last week of school this year, I shaved it all off and all my students were just like, Mr. Ray, you look so much younger. And it's like, yeah, well, that's why I have facial hair all, all the time. Cause yeah, it's it stinks when adults are telling you to get back to class when you're on your plan period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Facts. Um, the, the first one I thought of was uh, teacher, teacher dreams. Do you have teacher dreams? Oh dude. Yeah. I've had those since middle school. <laughs> Middle school. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. So uh, I people probably don't understand this unless they're teachers, but maybe maybe this happens in every profession. But I, I don't know. I feel like teaching's a little different. For me, it's like the teacher dream is almost always that you're in a class full of children. Sometimes it's like 30 children. Sometimes it's like 100. And one of two things happens for me. One is I'm not like prepared or ready to go. And mm. number two is that I'm just like talking and no one's listening. It is the the worst dream to have. Um, it, it's terrible. It's terrible. But it, it does reveal your deepest, darkest fears. That second one sounds more like reality than a dream where you're just talking. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, no, I'm kidding, but I've had the dreams. It's I'm mainly in camp one where it's like, you're, you're just not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those make the best lessons though. Let's be honest. Well, that was, that was going to be another one for me is another canon event is like, you're, it's not necessarily not prepared. I always feel like I'm pretty prepared because I'll freak Mm -hmm. out if I'm not, but it's like things like you plan something that just doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go. And it's like, you're realizing it's happening as it's happening. And you're, it's, it's, I mean, for the most part, usually I feel like I'm pretty good at thinking on the fly, but every once in a while I just can't dude, I will like start sweating. It it happens like once or twice a year. And I'm just like, Oh my God, how do I get out of this? That it's, it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I think like a canon event could be just learning how to like improvise, like whenever you first improvise in a lesson, because then you're more in tune to do it in the future. Like I did that once this year, like we were just talking about a short story and we were going to do a group activity afterwards and the conversation was going so well. I was like, you know what, guys, let's just put the desks in a gigantic circle and we just had a socratic seminar for the rest of the class and i did not have that planned like my first year i would not have been able to do that yeah yeah 
It is, it is nice having the years under your belt, just having it figured out that, yeah, you just feel confident going in every day. Like pretty much everything has happened to me at this point. I, I think I'll be all right. You mentioned sweat. Um, I think a canon event for me in particular, and this one really hits home here, (laughs) um, learning to be okay with excessive sweating. (laughs) I used to, I mean, I, not as bad now. Um, but I used to, yeah, I got zapped. We talked about it on the pod. Um, I got zapped, but learning to be okay with the sweat that took me a while to get to. Sometimes I'll even say it on the first day of class now. I'm like, you know what? I know you guys see that I sweat a lot, um, and I don't care. And I, it, I, there's no way I could have ever done that before. Yeah, yeah. That might be a kind of just a broad, a broad of canon event is um, just being able to be made fun of or just yeah. being able, like being around teenagers, they're going to be ruthless um you you just got to be able to to handle it self-deprecation is a huge relationship builder yes yeah i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to think what i always get made fun of for um i I really hate the question uh, are you married or do you have a girlfriend because i'm always like (laughs) no and then it's a whole like why do you have any pets no oh it's just a whole are you a serial killer (laughs) yeah yeah maybe that'll be my answer from now on no no one can deal with my my killings um yeah (laughs) you're you're like al pacino in this movie yeah 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 what does he say i've been trying to get away from you for six months um yeah can relate yeah, we'll get um, there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We're, we'll get there. You got? Do you have other ones? Um, those were the main ones. I mean, I think there's others too that probably aren't real good pod content. <laughs> I was thinking maybe, of those. <laughs> maybe a little more sentimental and like just for teachers. Yeah. Um, you know, like when you first make a true impact on a kid, things like that, and. You know, like the first like uberly positive parent interaction, things like that. Those are big canon events. Um, yeah, like your first leadership role in the school, things like that. But no one wants to hear about the good stuff. They they want to hear about the sweats and the nightmares and things like that. I just thought of one um, when you accidentally reply all. This is not to just teachers, but have you I've ever, never ever done asked- that before? You've never done that? No, and I I will never, hopefully, knock on wood. I did it once. I still think about it. Oh, yeah, that would that would keep me up at night, man. It was terrible. You remember the chain this year with the reply all in, like, April? Okay. This is good to explain to people because anyone who's not a teacher does not understand this. Was this with the kid? That did yeah, it? the kid. <laughs> the so, elementary school kid. <laughs> an elementary school kid accidentally like shared a slideshow or sent an email basically what you can do is instead of sending it to a teacher you can just type in teachers and it literally sends it to every teacher in our district so (laughs) 
how many teachers like do you think poetry that is? project <laughs> like <laughs> how many teachers do you think we have in our district oh a thousand two oh, thousand i was gonna say like three thousand three four yeah so he this yeah elementary school kid sends an, an email to three thousand teachers and <laughs> Poor kid. You know, but all that has to happen is for everyone to ignore it. But it's always like five people are like, I think I'm on the wrong email. I don't know why I'm getting this. And then 10 people send that. And now we've got uh, 3,000 people getting 10 emails. That's that's 30,000 emails, if my math is correct, that um, we just don't need. And then it's like people going back at those people saying, just quit replying. And even if you send quit replying, then you're replying and it's just terrible. You say that's the worst. That's the yeah. worst person to be in this scenario is that person. The quit reply guy. Yes. <laughs> don't be the quit reply guy. Just don't reply. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's so funny when it's, it's annoying, but it is hilarious when that happens. I loved it, man. Teachers were starting to send like memes and stuff on the thread. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah yeah i wish i had the the courage to do that to to just send something stupid i i almost want to kind of play the character of like the the really old teacher and just send like um just send one of those why why am i on this um <laughs> or just email the kid like i know like i am his teacher i don't know uh, it was that was funny I did click on his project and I needed to, I needed access. So I requested access, but I never got it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what his day was like. I wonder if uh, he even noticed. Hey, he has no idea, man. That poor kid though. Yeah. Props to him for using his email. I tried to get 16, 15, 16 year olds to use it and they can't. So yeah. If anything, kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, All right. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, I will never reply all. No, I I and when I did it it wasn't even my fault. It was this other teacher replied all to something else and tagged me and another teacher in it, so then I had to reply all. But then I didn't realize that it was to everyone. It was yeah. It it was terrible. It was terrible. Was it like a socially acceptable email for everybody to see? No. Well, oh, the no. one the one that I sent wasn't bad, but the one that it was replying to was not good. It was oh. like a, a serious matter that mm. got replied all to. Yeah, it, it, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, that's not good. It was a canon event. That's a canon event for sure. Yeah. All right. You want to talk dog day afternoon? I do, man. I'm excited for this one. Um, I have a little surprise for you before we start our review. Um, uh -oh. I I don't know why, but I uh, instead of just reading the synopsis off of Letterboxd, um, mm -hmm. by the way, you can follow me on Letterboxd, slippery Pete. Um, <laughs> I I wrote my own synopsis and I I wrote a poem. Oh my gosh! We should start doing this every episode. I, I think I will, because I quite liked writing it, and it wasn't even very hard. Um, and it's, I mean, it's stupid, but it's, I'm pretty proud of it. Are, are we doing haikus, sonnets? What's our format here? You know, I was gonna, like, 
a sonnet would have taken me a while, so I didn't do that. So we just got some, we've got some couplets. It's no form. It's free okay. verse, but there is some rhyming. Um, okay. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm not writing a haiku, man. Uh, this ain't fifth grade anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we should start doing this every week. I love this idea. Well, we'll see how this one goes just to make sure. But yeah, here's, no here pressure. it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> On a sweltering New York City day, a very strange bank heist gets underway. One man points a gun and makes them stay. The other, well, guess what? He's kind of gay. With requests <laughs> for helicopters, wives, and even a jet, holy cow, can Al Pacino sweat. You will not see a cat, bat, or even a raccoon in the Sidney Lumet-directed Dog Day Afternoon. This is Thank me you. snapping. Yeah. Thank you very we're much. Poetry Club. Thank you very much. Man, he does sweat a lot. <laughs> is that what you want to start with is the sweat? We, we can start with the sweat. He, all right. That was great, first of all. Um, great, great. Great rhyme scheme. We just need to give you a little lo-fi hip-hop beat underneath your your lyrics there. Oh, you want me to rap it? Yeah, we got we got a track. Oh, God, no. Maybe we'll start rapping. Maybe we'll just start <laughs> making full-length albums of synopsises. Holy synopsis, God, no. Well, that's, I think Weird Al did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't want to be in any category similar to Weird Al. Except for how much. I, Weird Al's got to be pretty rich. No, I, I respect Weird Al. I'm saying I, I he's on a another plane. Another plane. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, let's talk sweat. Speaking of planes, Al Pacino <laughs> never gets on one in this movie. <laughs> um, but man, it he sweats quite a bit. And on a serious note, this, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched, like, really quality Al Pacino movies like he's been in some really weird ones as of late that are just not very serious is this his best performance of all time that I was thinking that while I was watching it and I was like can you really say it's better than the Godfather but I I, I think it might be I mean that scene where he's just talking on the phone to Dude. his to his wife not Leon but his wife Mm-hmm. Like, and he goes from being like completely just normal. He's talking to her and then he's screaming in the phone and then he's back to just like his normal self. I mean, you're literally just watching a guy talk on the phone and it is, it is captivating just the way that he does it, um, the close up on him. And yeah, just, uh, just him as the character he played, he, I, he crushed it. So I would I would maybe be confident to say that this is the best I've ever seen him in. Dude, that moment, no joke. It's when he's, it's like with like the final 20 minutes left or so, he calls Leon and then he calls his wife all in the same scene. And it's like, I wrote down, like he, he like, disassociates from himself like in this movie like he has it's like two people in one and like you see both versions of himself through each phone call there in a matter of like six minutes 
And I don't think there's a cut scene at all. I think it's just one entire shot, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he talks to Leon and then he talks to his wife, his female wife. And because, yeah, we'll get there. Um, I wrote down, this is, I personally think, his best performance. That in, That scene was absolutely incredible. And he's not doing anything crazy, like, action-wise. It's just true raw acting another scene where i felt that too is when he's um telling the hostage what to write in his will oh yeah and he's just standing above her telling her what to write like dude he is he is killing killing it in these moments and there's just, just not a lot of action it's just pure like i said it's just raw emotion acting that i know i've brought up succession on this before I'm going to bring it Started up again it. because cause that... Oh, you did? I did. Yeah, we're on episode two, Shelby. I might I? have to like watch along with you again and restart it. But so many people talk about secession and it almost like gets made fun of because all it is is people in rooms talking. Like that's literally all the show is. Um, but you're, you're just so captivated by it. And it's because I, like there's great acting and writing on that show. And I felt like this was the same way that scene you talked about where he's talking about his will. It just seems so natural. Like he's flubbing up words, but he, it's like, he's not acting. It's just like, he's yeah. doing it. Um, it, and just the way I think it also helps the way that the character is played. It feels weird to call him a character cause he was a real person, but it is a movie. So I'm gonna call him a character, but just the way that he is, he's robbing a bank, but he's also like the nicest guy in the world at the same time. Um, like that element of it, I was, I felt was really interesting, but yeah, I think if anybody else does this and it's not Al Pacino, it, it comes off weird and different and it doesn't work. So yeah, I, I, that might be the biggest part of this movie is Pacino and growing up, like I, I'd always heard about Al Pacino, but that he's like one of the greatest actors ever didn't really understand it. I think I understand it now. Yeah. I, I kind of came to that realization last night too. He's only 35 in this movie. Dang. And so I, I, it makes me want to, I don't know if I want to rewatch like Godfather necessarily, but rewatch some of his old stuff and just see the greatness again from a fresh perspective. Cause this was crazy. And um, I was doing some research, like, as I was watching the movie. Um, I think this is crazy. This bank robbery incident happened. It gives you the date right at the beginning. I believe it's August 22nd, 1972. I know it's in 1972. The movie comes out three years later. Yeah. Which is absolutely unreal. Like, thinking about, like, the magnitude of this moment um like it was clearly a huge spectacle in american media and like it being only three years removed from the actual event like the movie probably was widely seen throughout the country i'm not trying to compare the two incidents at all in this moment but it's almost like if we were to get a movie about like like the george floyd incident yeah like everybody and their mom would be seeing that movie. Um, and obviously the issues are totally different and, 
you know, this one's just a bank robbery and the other one has so many layers to it. Um, the George Floyd incident has so many layers, but it's kind of just like it, it met its moment, if that makes sense. Like when it was produced, like it was still fresh in the moment. And um, when the movie came out, the actual guy that Pacino plays, um, his name is actually... What is his actual name? His actual yeah, name. I saw that. It's like close to what they have in the movie, but it's yeah. like not his actual name. John Stanley Joseph. I'm going to say this wrong. Wojtowicz. Wojtowicz. Yeah. Um, it says, this is Wikipedia. So, you know, reliable source. Um, Wojtowicz praised Pacino and Sarandon's characterizations of himself and Elizabeth Eden as accurate. Elizabeth Eden is the character of Leon in this movie. All right. And so this movie came out and the real guy was alive in prison. And he's like, yeah, Pacino did a good job. Like this is, it's weird. It's just weird to have it all unfold in real time like that. Yeah, that is weird. Cause especially now, like we get things that are made like, uh, did you see the, there's like a Tetris movie and mm-hmm. There's a Blackberry movie. Like that, the, those are all things that happen. Blackberries were popular. Like, I don't know, 20 years ago, probably 15, maybe. Um, so yeah, it, it does seem weird that it was made. Yeah. Three at, years after this event happened. Yeah. I can't imagine in three years, us getting a movie about, I'm trying to think of something that ha- happened recently, like that they would make a movie about in three years. That was going to be one of my opening questions to you. Like, is what could we make a movie on? Like, the first thing that came to my mind was the George Floyd thing. And I'm not trying to compare the two, but. Maybe. um, I don't know, because the other thing about this is it's like it is a weird. It's it's just weird what happened. So it's like you you have to think of what's a weird moment in uh, history that's just like strange and not super huge i don't know i don't know nothing's coming to mind well that was one of my other points with this movie it's it's very much so just like a bank robbery movie but it's not just a bank robbery movie there's a lot of different social commentary elements going on here like when he al pacino um he plays sunny when he leaves the bank for the first time and he has like his first little standoff with the police chief officer he starts Moretti. yeah Moretti. he starts screaming attica 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 and yeah. i was like i was like what the heck is he screaming attica for and so i googled it did you google that as well so yes but i had have you ever heard of the tv show the league yes i watched a few episodes stupid tv show it's about a fantasy football league it's so dumb but in one of the episodes they go paintballing and one of the characters his name's rafi he is like he's going crazy shooting people with paintballs and he's yelling attica 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 like in the movie and they make a joke they're just like does he know how that movie ends and i never understood that joke till i watched this and i was like oh okay i i get it now so i I looked it up, but that was part of the reason why. But yes, I looked it up. So, Yeah, so it's basically for anybody who doesn't know, um, 
like when people yell Attica, 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 it's basically, um, and I quote, um, it's referring to the Attica prison riot in 1971, where prisoners took control of the facility after an uprising against the poor conditions. And 1971, again, this is all so relevant in the frame of time in which this movie is made. This event happened a year after, in 1972, and then three years later, the fictional film is made. And so it's all fresh. Everybody knows, like, culturally speaking, what the significance of that shouting is. And it's very much so addressing, like, the, the commentary on, like, the mistreatment of criminals and, like, the class divide. Because um, at the beginning of the movie, we get the opening sequence, which kind of feels like an 80s, 90s sitcom opening. Um, with like the fade out camera and the cheesy music and everything. Um, but there's like, there's like shots of like the slums of New York. And then it's like the upper class of New York right after. So that contrast is there. They're clearly trying to set up that contrast in your brain. And you very much so see that with Moretti being one side of the fence and then Sonny and his walk of life as the other side, the criminal side, if you will. And everybody around the site, the crime scene, are basically in for the spectacle of it all. Um, and Sonny's basically giving them what they want when he's screaming Attica, Attica, Attica. He's kind of like reinforcing the divide and saying like, this is an uprising. We're not going to take it anymore kind of thing. Kind of just like this utter nihilism taking place. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if this was... I really didn't know much about this when I picked it. I just knew Al Pacino was in it. Um, and I'd heard of it quite a bit. Um, I didn't know that it was going to be like a social commentary movie. And I even at the beginning, I was like getting hints of it and I wasn't sure. But when all those cops show up and it's just like... It's almost satirical to me. Like it seems like they're making fun of it. There's just cop car after cop car after cop car and then it cuts to a shot of the like media getting like let under the barrier to film what's going on i was like okay um i think we've got some social commentary going on here of like yeah it is about the spectacle people are just here to see somebody get shot or mm-hmm. see somebody take some money um it kind of reminded me of anchorman <laughs> because uh, there's that scene where he just decides to shoot the car chase and it's just like, we could call this news now. Um, and doesn't Anchorman take place in the 70s? I think so. Yeah, they wear so, like the 70s suits. Yeah, so I am I mean, obviously we didn't live through the 70s, but it kind of seems like that was uh, on people's minds. Um, like, yeah, just news and the media and I don't know how detrimental it can be. And obviously there's like the authoritative part of it that is a big part of the movie too. Yeah. And it's like, it seems like for the first half of the movie, the crowd they're they're like almost supporting Sonny because they want to see the show continue on. But then um, they realize that he is like quote unquote homosexual. It's he, there's another divide too. So there's like another layer of social commentary. Like 
the gay population really begins to love him while everybody else starts booing him. Like there's so many just different things to be said about this movie through that. Um, back to the spectacle piece, the, <laughs> I love the pizza delivery boy. <laughs> what do you, he, he gives Sonny the pizza and he opens the door for him to go back into the bank. And then he goes, I'm a bleep star. It's like, okay. <laughs> He's like patting him on the back too. He's like, "We we got you, Sonny. We got you." Like, <laughs> I, yeah. And Sonny Even, pays him for the pizza too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That that was a big part of it. It was. Even when his mom shows up and he's, she, I think one of the first things she says is like, "We were watching you on the TV." Like, mm-hmm. um. So yeah, just the role that, yeah, TV had in all of it, and. Yeah, I I like the social commentary piece of it. It wasn't it wasn't on the nose or heavy handed. Um, it was it was kind of in the background of Al Pacino doing his thing. Yeah, there was there's not a whole lot of like things that feel unnecessary in the movie because like from the very beginning, like there's no exposition. Like you're brought into. I love that. Yeah, you're brought it's still 2 hours and you're brought into it right away and like 25 minutes in I like stopped the movie and I was like how is this movie going to be 2 hours like how is it going to maintain my attention if like we're already at like the climax if you will and yeah. I never lost interest I was intrigued the whole time I think it's a it's like a strategic screenplay the way it's written because the character development's so interesting there's no like there's minimal set design like we're really only in the bank the block surrounding the bank and then like the car and then like the runway at the end of at the airport there's some scenes where we're at like sunny's house or whatever but other than that it's it's very minimalistic but it keeps your attention the whole time. And I think the main reasons for that are obviously Pacino's great acting. And then the screenplay specifically the way the characters were developed, Sonny versus Saul. Saul's an interesting character. Sal. Sal. Yeah. Sorry, Sal. I realized that. Was, was Sal. I was uh, just about to talk about him too, because um, the actor who played him, John Cazale, mm-hmm. he, He's in The Godfather as well. He's Fredo. Um, but I thought that he did almost an equally as good job as Pacino, but he just played the almost opposite character. He is so creepy. Just Dude. just the, just him standing, like the way that he stands behind the pillars and talks, um, the minimal lines that he has, but when he speaks... Uh, he is so so creepy. The Wyoming line was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so was the scene about uh, the cigarettes. I thought that that was interesting. Like um, your body is a temple for the Lord. Yeah, that he's talking about like not smoking when he's like, especially that moment early on when he was just like, "You said um, that if we couldn't do this, like we'd kill them all and kill ourselves and like." Like that's, he just said, I'm ready to do it. Like you realize he's not messing around. I thought that was one of the most important lines in the movie because then for the rest of the time, you're like freaked out by this guy. But I thought he crushed it. 
though just him i'd said it already but him standing in the pillars of that bank mm. just he like creeps out of the corner all the time he is he is freaky i do not want to see him in my nightmares you know who he kind of reminded me of he reminded me of um walking phoenix in the joker hmm like with the red suit yeah uh, yeah and like the slicked back hair and just like the stone cold chiseled face it's like he was giving me Joker vibes. No He's Nicole got John Wick hair too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he yeah, he killed it. And I think the only thing that set him like if Pacino's A, he's B because he just doesn't have as much screen time. Well, and can I talk about C and D too? Because the lady that plays I don't know her name, I just know he calls her mouth. Mm-hmm. Dude, she's great in this as well. Like, she crushes it. She, uh, and, she's like the main one, right? Yeah, she's the yeah. the head teller. She's the one yeah. that's like, my she girls are in there. I'm, I'm going back in with them. Like, just all all her moments, I thought she did a great job as well. And um, Moretti, the, the first police chief that's in there. Like, I thought that he was fantastic. I loved his character. I loved that he, like almost wanted to be friends with Sonny um, to like try and help him out. But I, I thought that he did great as well. Watching those two talk was, was awesome. I, all across the board, great acting. I was going to say, we got to give an honorable mention to, um, I can't remember her name, but the girl who is constantly calling her husband back home. Oh yeah. She's, she's got like the frizzled blonde hair and like her eyes are just like, black yeah um she did a really good job too just like relaying the emotion of the moment he calls her the squirrel that's part's hilarious too the squirrel because she's under the desk yeah this movie was funny it's subtly funny yeah it's it kind of makes you question like should i be laughing at this moment one of the lines i remember is when he's he's telling all the cops to put their guns down and he just just really quickly, he says, they just love the point. Like, they just love the point. It's it's funny. And there's one moment he just goes, like, he says, like, I know a lot about a lot of things. And he just <laughs> does it very matter-of-factly. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's all that's all on Pacino and his delivery. And yeah, just everything about it is great. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I liked about it, too, like, I mentioned, like, nothing felt necessary or nothing felt unnecessary, like, I think like 80 to 90% of this movie is shot with like a handheld cam. Like it all, it feels like it's like a documentary. Yes. Yes. There's one I was gonna, there's one scene. It might be when, um, when Sal's back, it's right before the, uh, the cigarette scene. Cause Sonny like comes back in and it's a really long take and the camera's just moving really slowly and it kind of makes its way back there. Um, that when you said handheld, it made me think of that. But also the like push-ins when it's just on Sonny and Sal's face and they're like whispering to each other. Those mm-hmm. scenes were fantastic as well. Um, like it was just, like you said, it all takes place in this one spot, but it makes you feel like you're in eight different spots with the way that they they move people around. It's almost like this should be, it would be awesome if this took place on a stage. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, this could be like a play. 
yeah the actual performance it's it almost feels like Sonny hired a cameraman and he's like hey we're gonna rob this bank and i want you to film it as it happens and then this is the result because it it, there's no gloss to this movie like i said like it's a heavy dose of realism like the conversations i mentioned the girl calling her husband like the conversations between Sonny and sal um it's just all so real in the moment and there's like cinematography wise, there's no gloss either. Like it's like I said, it just feels like it's a handheld cam that's just shooting the moment and it's not adding anything that doesn't need to be there. Um couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh we gotta talk about the final scene. Uh I thought that they did a great job building the tension. You can I, I don't know about you, but I could tell when the guys says for the last time like hey sal we don't want any more accidents right here like you can like that was the first hint that i was like oh something's happening now mm-hmm. and then the way that they edited just like i don't even know what it was but that like drawer flipped open and then you see the gun and then it's those two talking and he's like i'm ready i'm ready and then it just like it happens so fast and the way that they cut <laughs> that was fantastic yeah, that was all so quick. Just boom, boom, boom. And then he's, spoiler, he's shot in the head. Yeah. And then Sonny's just saying, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. He, like It's like he finally knows it's over. And I was kind of like, thank goodness he's not trying anymore. Yeah, I was, I was getting to the point where I was tired. And I was like, man, there's no way I'm, I'm stopping this movie right now, though. Like, right, I, right. I'm watching this to the end. I, I'm not going to wake up and pick up where it's leaving off because like there was just so much momentum building up to that final moment like I don't I never had a like I knew that they were gonna get caught obviously but it's like I just wanted to see how it was gonna play out because there are some moments where Sonny is really savvy and like you question like is he about to get away with this like he detects the police officer dressed as the driver yeah he knows all the bank intel things like that like the trigger alarms and things like that it's like he's very in tune with this i wonder there was a part of me i was like is he gonna get away uh we could have got an awesome sequel of sunny in algeria him and sal yeah. just keeping <laughs> it up <laughs> the tense episode netflix series yeah um I, th- I think my last thing one of the biggest twists in any movie i've ever seen when his wife shows up, when mm-hmm. Leon shows up. Leon, that, yeah. I mean, I could have watched this movie 50 times and not had any idea that that was coming. No idea. Came out of nowhere. I was so confused. I was, I like, I was like, did I miss five minutes of this? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, no, like, this is Leon and he's undergoing a sex change. And this is one of the reasons why Sonny needs the money from the bank and is. Just like, whoa, like, this is crazy. And the fact that it's a true story, like, this all happened. Um, like, the Leon's character is based on a real person who ultimately died from AIDS, I believe, what I read. Yeah. Um, insane. Insane. I almost want to call, like, my mom or stepdad. I know they were young when this happened, but, like, just ask them if they know anything about this. Yeah, I should call my... My grandpa, maybe he, maybe, maybe he knows. 
about this. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that was crazy. And the guy who plays Leon did a great job too. Yeah. 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 All around, all around. I I liked it. What do you you got anything else or give us a score? Uh I think we touched on my big things. Um yeah, there's another layer of like mental illness and like PTSD that we could go into. It's oh, like yeah. some like, war vet from Vietnam. Right, right. He like he demands he's uh granted a proper um veteran soldier's yeah, soldier's yeah. burial, which was interesting as well. Kind of adds a layer again on not just how we treat criminals, but how we treat veterans and things like that. Um yeah. that was Sonny, he's just an interesting character yeah yeah i think that that was probably the strongest part of it yeah yeah and that's all pacino too um yeah with all that said 87 out of 100 um i think it i think it's really 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 good i think um I, i might watch a little bit of like I might watch too much of true crime. Like Shelby and I, like we watch a lot of true crime things. And so I don't have fatigue with it per se, but you know, like this is a story that I'm going to watch once. And after this podcast, I probably won't talk about it again or think about it again. Um, much after today and tomorrow, maybe, um, the thing that will resonate is Pacino's performance. Um, 87 um yeah i give it an 86 i'm right there with you so yeah i really enjoyed it like you said pacino is what i will definitely remember um i'm yeah i may need to just go watch some more old pacino um for sure uh, because i've seen the godfather i've seen um have you seen heat yes it's been a while like He's pretty awesome in Heat, but he's kind of older. Like, it doesn't, I don't know if he's in the same era as he was. Um, have you ever seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? He's in that. I've never seen that. He plays like this ridiculous character. He's, it's, it's kind of funny to watch. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, Dog Day Afternoon. I, I, I liked it a lot, though. Um, so yeah, 86 for me. Love it. Love it. Rotten Tomato Critics give it a 96. My goodness. Holy cow. Um, audience gives it a 90. I think the Pacino name has a lot of yeah. pull, for sure. Who would that be now if they popped up in a movie? Mm. Gives hmm. it the extra, the boost. Like, I don't think it's, is it Leonardo DiCaprio still? Ugh. Ryan Gosling. I hate that answer. Oscar Isaac. That would be my answer. Anything Oscar Isaac pops up in, I'm like, okay, I want to see that. That's the x-ray answer? Yeah, but I don't think that's the general public answer. No. See, my answer would probably be like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that's a good answer. But he's so young in this movie, too. That's what's crazy yeah. about it. So yeah. Definitely makes you want to watch more of his stuff. Yeah. But anyways, we're not going to be watching more of his stuff <laughs> next week. <laughs> um, 
You know what we're watching next week. We, you and I both have not seen this. I think we had talks of going to see this in theaters, but we just never did. Um, it's now on Prime Video, um, and this is Creed Three. Um, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. I've heard some things about it, but I have not seen it for myself. So that's what's on tap for next week. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, X Rizzle. You have anything else? I don't think so. I'm ready for Creed Three. I'm ready to watch some dudes duke it out. I'm ready to watch um, Jonathan Majors zero percent body fat body just run on a beach and like hold a semi behind him and all while running barefoot. He's got nothing on our guy Jean Claude Van Damme. That's all I'll say. I'll, oh I'll use gosh. That. <laughs> that would be the ultimate showdown for real. <laughs> Man. AI could surely direct that nowadays, right? You just type <laughs> that into an AI generator. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. <laughs> yes. Oh, I would pay to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you don't have to pay to watch Creed 3 if you have Amazon Prime because it is now streaming for free. Um. Until next time, watch Creed 3, enjoy your summer, stay up to date on things, take a hike, and peace out. Peace out.